Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Pathway Church. How you doing? Man. Worship has been incredible, and I am just so grateful. Welcome to all of the campuses and just excited to be here in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, This is my first time in Mobile, and it is a beautiful city. I'm so grateful to be here. Can uh, Let me just pause for a second and say publicly what I've said privately. Uh, Travis, you have been one of the great influences in my life. You are a man of faith, a leader, a man of integrity. You've got one of God's best generals as your pastor. Can we just celebrate the gift of God, Travis and Kelly. So grateful and honored to be here with you guys. Um, I am coming from Atlanta, a church called Mountain West, and we've been there for about 17 months, and God is doing some really incredible things. And Uh, Just excited about all that he is doing, and I'm here to learn from you guys. I'm going to share the word, but I'm going to be here poking and asking questions as we continue to take our next steps. I want to introduce you to my family. My wife wanted to be here with us, but um, she's got all three babies, and she's holding it down at home. She's the real MVP. Uh, This is my wife, Tiana, and our oldest boy, Moje. He's just turned six. That little baby right there, he's not so small anymore. Miles, our youngest, he is turning one in two weeks. And Maverick, he's the one who keeps me near the cross. Uh, He is two and a half years old and uh, just grateful to God. And if you're wondering if we're going back for the girl, we are not. One for the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have done. We have done our job. You go be fruitful and multiply. Um, So, again, I'm just really excited to be with you today. I want to talk to you about something that I think um, all of us need to uh, be aware of and be reminded of. Uh, I want to talk to you from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It says, Now unto him who is able to do far more abundantly than we Ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want to talk to you about this subject, prayer works. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share your word. We thank you that you have given us this opportunity to gather together to worship your name. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, you know, uh, we have three children, and my, grand, uh, my mom was telling me that if she knew how good grandchildren were, she would have just skipped straight to grandchildren. Um, and I had to quietly remind her, you can't get the grand without the child, and uh, but my mom has this little tendency now to give the grandkids gifts that she knows is going to get on the parents' nerves. Like, uh, for example, uh, my son has this little DJ machine now, and every day it's all these beats, and he's making music, and he's, uh, it's got these strobe lights on it, and she enjoyed it with him for five minutes, but we got to hear it all day long. 
And last Christmas, she bought our son this scooter. It's this nice, beautiful scooter, but uh, we don't have that much yard space and all of those things. And so what my mom said, well, he could just ride it inside. And I said, Mama, we can't do that. We've got wood floors. And so, uh, of course, he, he pouts his face and he looks at me. And so he starts riding this scooter inside. And all I hear all day long is, it's driving me insane. And so I say, you know what? I know how to fix this. I took him outside. And we went on that sidewalk and we rode that scooter all day long. And he had the best time of his life. But when we got back to the house, I said, now, son, we use this toy outside. And this is now an outside toy. This is dirty. We can no longer use this toy inside. He said, daddy, this is an outside toy. I said, yes, son, it's an outside toy. Five minutes go by y'all. And I hear in the house. And now I'm really fresh. I said, son, we had this conversation. It's an outside toy. He said, but daddy, I took a wipe and I cleaned it. It's not dirty anymore. You know, I couldn't even get frustrated because it's my son. He didn't see the obstacle. He saw the opportunity. And it re reminded me of my story when I was a child. My uh, parents, when I was in second grade, I grew up in a place called Hartford, Connecticut. And if you ever go to Connecticut, um, I grew up on this street called Asylum Avenue. And like its name, it is absolutely crazy. If you get to Hartford, you do not stop on Asylum Avenue. You keep go walking. I don't care what you see. You keep driving until you get to the uh, Windsor or somewhere nice and beautiful and say, but I, I, I grew up on Asylum Avenue and my parents parents got me a basketball for my birthday one time and I wanted to play outside and my parents said no it's not it's not safe you you've got to wait until God gives us a house and I said I, okay I know how to do that I started praying friends everywhere I could I started praying in the grocery store God would you bless my family with with a house I, I went to Sunday school and I said brother Brother Clark, I know you got a message to share, but can we pause and pray for the Lord to bless us with the house? Because I want to play some basketball. I went to my second grade teacher, Miss Cameron. I said, I, I know this math and English, all of that is important. But can we pause and pray? Because I need a house so I could play some basketball, friends. And nine months later, my dad picked me up from Annie Fisher School. And we did not go to Asylum Avenue. We kept driving until we got to the house that the Lord had prepared for us. And at a young age, here's what I learned. Prayer works. And if you don't hear anything else today, there is still power in prayer. Prayer works. The writer of our passage that I quoted to you this morning is the Apostle Paul, and he knew all too well the power of prayer. His life is literally marked by prayer. In Acts chapter 9, he has an encounter with Jesus and prays a prayer, and his life is changed forever. Later on in that same Acts chapter 9, uh, he is laid up, and he is uh, his eyes are uh, messed up, and God sends a man named Ananias to lay hands on him and pray, and he recovers his sight in Acts chapter 16 him and, and Silas are locked up in jail on trumped up charges and they begin to pray and sing songs and not only are they set free but everyone around them is set free what would happen if you begin to pray on your job what would happen if you prayed all down your street all down your road all around this city not only would your family get set free but the entire city of Mobile airport campus Foley everywhere you look, the power of prayer would be setting individuals free. 
And in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, Paul is a little long-winded, and don't worry, I'm not going to keep you long today. But he, pre- he preaches so long that a man is in the windowsill, falls asleep, falls out, and he falls dead. Paul goes out, prays for him, and he is raised back to life. Friends, never underestimate the power of prayer. Nearly 40 plus times, Paul prays in his epistles that he writes. And uh, in the book of Ephesians, we get two of his most powerful prayers. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 23, he prays this prayer for spiritual understanding. He, He prays that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened, that they would know what God desires to do, what God wants to do. And how many know, in these crazy days, we need to understand what the Spirit of the Lord is doing. I don't need to know what politics is doing. I don't need to know what everybody else is doing. I need to know what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Then we get to Ephesians chapter 3 and we get uh, this prayer verses 14 through 21 and he's praying a prayer for inner strength. And I don't know about you, but the last few years I, I needed the strength of the Lord. But behind these plastic smiles and these Instagram real highlights, there are some things that I have faced that required me to have the strength of the Lord on the inside of me. And and Paul has a a model of prayer. He starts with an opening invocation. And Pastor Travis read uh, the, the scripture to us earlier today is that we should enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. He starts with an opening praise and then he moves on to his main petition and then he lists the benefits of those petition, those spiritual benefits, and then he closes with a closing doxology. And here's where I want to park for the remainder of my time with you today because in all doxology, there is theology and theology just means what you think about God and the way you think about God will affect your life and what you do. It's your orthodoxy affects your orthopraxy. And here's four things, four things that make prayer work, I think will encourage you, inspire you in the days ahead. Here's the first one. Prayer works when it's directed towards God. Notice the sex. It says, now unto him. Here's what Paul is trying to do. He's trying to orient their uh, attention in the right direction. Because in the place of Ephesus, they had all these multiple gods and goddesses, these individuals who, you know, they, they, this pluralistic society. And we live in a, a vague, ambiguous term society. You know, people saying stuff like, you know, uh, manifest from the universe and positive vibes. And listen, I'm not hating on your manifesting and your vibing, but there's only one name that has power. There is only one name that has authority. It's the name of Jesus. And at his name, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess to the glory of God the Father. Acts 4 and 12 says there is no name given under heaven that men might be saved other than the name of Jesus. (laughs) Hear me, friends. The direction of your prayer matters more than the content of your prayer. You got to get it to the right source. You know, um, I was trying to surprise my wife a couple of Christmases ago to get her a present. And I I think every woman should work for the NSA, CIA, uh, FBI. We would have found all the terrorists really, really quickly. She just she just knows I, I can't can't surprise her. Uh, you know, I literally tried to sneak and take her phone to upgrade it. And she's texting me from 
her watch, like, I, I see where you are. I'm tracking you. I know you have my phone. <laughs> so I'm trying to upgrade her phone, right? And I'm in Verizon for over two and a half hours, and they can't figure out this upgrade situation. Finally, I'm so frustrated. I just said, let me just Google the direct line to upgrades. And I Googled the direct line to upgrades. I get on the phone with the upgrade department, and in five minutes, they solve what the store couldn't do in two and a half hours. Here's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes the delay in your life is your delay in bringing to God what belongs to him. Don't bring it to Facebook first. Don't bring it to other individuals. You take your prayer to the Lord and leave it there. You take it to the one who can handle what you're going through. My grandmother used to sing this song. She says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Let me give you Bible. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious for anything, but in all things with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Friends, stop trying to carry things on your own. Stop trying to work. Let, Let me tell you, here's how I know how much you trust God is what you pray about. What you don't bring to Lord in prayer is what you think you can handle on your own. And what you surrender to him in prayer is what you trust God to handle for you. See, prayer works when it's oriented in the right direction and it's uh, directed towards God. And the truth is, praying first will help you avoid unnecessary delays in your life. So sometimes, just being practical, the delay we face is because we waited too long to bring it to God. Here's the second thing that, uh, why prayer works. Prayer works, friends, because God is able, right? It, it, I, it doesn't work because you say the right words at the right time. It doesn't work because you, uh, you know, if there's any Catholics, they did hell. It doesn't work for any of that stuff. Prayer only works because God is able. All throughout scripture, we hear about the ability of God. In June 1 and and 24, he's able to keep you from falling. In Hebrews 2 and 18, he's the God who is able to help. In James 4 and 12, he's the God who is able to save. In Daniel 3 and 29, he's the God who is able to rescue. And in Acts 20 and 32, he's the God who is able to build you up. Friends, I need you to know that your God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. In fact, he says, eyes haven't seen, neither ears have heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God intends to do for his people. Lift your faith to the level of your God. He is able Look to the hills from whence cometh your help. Your help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Sometimes we lower our expectations to meet our problem instead of raising our expectations to look at our God. Do do you know who your God is? He sits high and he looks low. He reigns supreme over all the earth. You know, Paul was trying to express the greatness of 
our God to the people in Ephesus and he does something unique here. He couldn't find a word that really described it. So he, he did what any good scholar does is he made up a word. This is three Greek words that he mashed together. It's called hupapetisu. All that means is he, God, God is beyond measuring and comprehension. He is super abundantly that his ability is beyond anything that you can measure. If you, you try to put him on a graph, he is off the chart. If you try to weigh him on the scale, the scale will break. God is greater than anything that you can think. And I wish that we would be a people that believe God again, that we would be like Cable and say, I see that mountain and the same God who helped me before is the same God who will help me again. That we would be like David and say, there is a giant, but the giant must fall. We would say to this mountain, be thou removed and believe God to do incredible things. Not because of our ability, because he has great ability. And you know, uh, practically speaking, many of us, we believe that intellectually, right? You, you believe that God has ability. The real question for many of us, we wonder if God wants to do it for me, right? Uh, this is, you know where uh, Mark 1 and 41, this man finds himself, he comes to Jesus and he says, I know you can, but will you? Have you ever been there? You see God doing it for somebody else. You, you see the promotion for somebody else. And so you, you know God can, he has the ability, but sometimes we question whether or not God wants to do it for us. I, I, I want you to understand, friends, that God wants to work in your life according to that limitless power. That, that God does not want to limit his ability in your life. That he wants to work according to the level of that power that he has. You know, I was um, in Brazil preaching a pastor's conference. And uh, while I was there, they were ordaining a pastor. And um, here in America, if we anoint you with oil, you know, we're going to get a little dab and put it like this, but over there, they don't play any games. They get a whole tub and they begin to pour it on him. And I honestly, y'all um, judge me if you want, but I was just like, man, he is going to choke. <laughs> it's just coming down his face. And, but I had an epiphany in that moment, friends. That is how God wants to saturate your life. He doesn't want to leave any part of you untouched. He, he wants to transform you from the inside out. And if you are wondering if God desires to move in your life, here's the clarion call, the echo today, that God desires to move in your life according to his limitless power. Believe him again. Pray big prayers again because God is able. This is the story of Abraham. You know, Romans 4, 20 and 21 tells this uh, retells this story, but Abraham is 99 years old and God comes to him and says, this time, next year, you're going to have a child. Now, I got to be honest, friends, if the Lord came to me like that at 99, I would have been like, Lord, the way my AARP is set up, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I'm not really trying to change diapers right now, Jesus. I'm, I'm looking towards retirement. I'm, I'm looking at a property in Mobile. I, I'm just not, that's not it, Lord. But here's what the end of Romans 4 and 21 says. Over, Abraham didn't doubt. He was fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. 
He didn't look at why it couldn't work. He saw how God could make it work. Yeah, yeah I'm 99 and I'm old and my, my wife is, uh, I'm never going to call a woman old. She is uh, seasoned and um, she's experienced. And how, how can he do it? It's not a, up to us to figure out how God is going to do it. Our job is to trust that he will do it. His job is to work out the details. Our job is to follow and obey his word. To trust that this same God will do what he has promised to do. Here's the third thing, friends. I think it's important as we are going to be people of prayer, people who seek the Lord, people who are determined to raise our level of faith, is to be reminded that prayer works because God uses prayer to transform us. <laughs> you know, we like to pray those prayers. God bless me. God favor me. But when's the last time you prayed the prayer, God search me? God, God see if there's anything in me that is not like you. When's the last time we've prayed, Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me? Friends, let, let, let me say this strongly. If you go to prayer and you just lift, list off your list and you get up, you've missed the real point of prayer. Prayer is not a monologue. It is a dialogue between you and your creator, your heavenly father, and he has something that he desires to say back to you. Here's how I like to describe prayer. Prayer is the place where your flesh goes to die. Pr prayer is the place where God transforms you from the inside out. You know, um, my mom, she is a prayer warrior. I, I, you know, I grew up with one of those old school Pentecostal mamas at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, she's coming into my uh, my room and she's putting the oil on us uh, when I went to college she oiled up and prayed in the spirit all in my dorm room if I even wanted to do something I couldn't do nothing in that room it was anointed <laughs> but she was telling me this story about when she was uh, praying for a husband she was seeking the Lord praying for a husband believing God for a husband and the Lord showed her my daddy and she said no Lord not that one you know, I was a little offended because I looked like my daddy. And so, I mean, what you trying to tell me, mama? Here's what happens. She had her desire, but God had his purpose. Friends, prayer is not just a place where you go and tell God what you want. Prayer is the place where you get to receive God's will for your life. Can, can I take you to the garden for a second? When Jesus is in the garden and he is praying so profusely that his sweat turns to blood and he says to the father, Jesus is our perfect example. He says, I don't want to do this. Is there any other way for this cup, for this to happen? I want them to be saved. I want them to be delivered. But is there any other way for this to happen? Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Not, not, not what I want, but what you 
want. I submit my will to your will. Here's what prayer does. Prayer begins to transform you. It is a great exchange. God is going to give, take away that nasty attitude and give you a sweet spirit. God is going to take away that heaviness and give you a spirit of praise. God is going to turn your mourning into dancing. Prayer is the place where God exchanges and transforms you from the inside out. You know, we said uh, earlier, Philippians 4 and 6, do not be anxious for anything, but with everything, uh, prayer and thanksgiving, with supplication, make your request known to God. Here's the next verse. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Here's what Paul is saying, that if you will pray and submit that to God, it's really hard to pout and praise at the same time. It's really hard to be discouraged and worship at the same time. He said, if you will surrender it to God, here's what God will do. He will take your worry and bring you his peace. And and some people are looking at you right now. How do you come to work every day? How are you able to smile? It's because the peace of God that surpasses all understanding is God my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. I don't even understand it, but I know God is working on it and I'm going to trust him. Here's what my mama used to say to me. You go and sleep. Why are you going to worry when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, he never slumbers or sleep. So if he is up working on it, it's no sense of you two doing the same job. You go to sleep and let the Lord work it out on your behalf. See, God He uses prayer to transform you from the inside out. Here's what Paul says. It's according to the power at work within you. God wants to do a work in you. This is why, and friends, spiritual maturity is not doing the great things of God occasionally. One of the sobering passages of scripture is that people who do great things for God are going to be rejected on the day of judgment. I prophesied in your name. I, I, I healed in your name. I don't know you. Spiritual maturity is not doing the great things of God occasionally. It's doing the simple things consistently. You know, when I was growing up, they used to sing this song, read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow, grow. That, it, it seems like a simple formula, but I, I dare you, try it. Try a 30-day prayer challenge that you're going to pray every day. And instead of worrying, instead of being anxious, instead of trying to figure it out on your own, you're just going, God, I'm going to surrender this to you. This is what Hezekiah did. Hezekiah gets negative news. He comes to the church and he brings the letter. I wonder what it'd be like if you brought that bill and laid it at the altar and said, Lord, this is your bill. This is your mail. And I'm going to trust you to work it out. I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm going to do my part. My daddy used to say it like this that uh, uh, God will put his super on your natural, that you got to do your part, but then God will do what he needs to do in order to work things out for your good and for his glory. Here's the fourth and final things, friends. This is the best part. You want to know why prayer works? Prayer works because it brings glory to God. This is the whole point of man, is that we get an opportunity to glorify God. Here's what Paul says. He is closing, and he says, to him be the glory in the church. Friends, the church is not the building that we're sitting in. You're the church. 
Here's what he's saying to him. God, God is going to get glory in you. You know, when you have that opportunity and you're accelerated in a way that you didn't deserve, it works for your good, but it's for his glory. You, you know, when the doctors can't understand how you are able to survive what you survived, that you walked away from that car crash, it is for your good, but it's for his glory. Do you know every time that you get the check in the mail, every time that you were able to buy that next house, every time that you get uh, another opportunity, it was for your good, but it's for his glory. He gets glory out of your life. Every time he makes a way in the wilderness, every time he makes rivers in the desert, it is for your good, but it's for his glory. It's for his glory, friends. Don't be ashamed of your story. You know, Paul prays um, in the book of 1st or 2nd Corinthians. I can't remember the address right now. But he prays to the Lord three times. God, would you take this away from me? Would you take this away from me? And God says, no. Side note, friends, sometimes the answer to your prayer is no. And sometimes you need to thank God that he said no. Thank God. Right? Just go on Facebook and remember who you were asking the Lord for you to have. And you see them now, you better say thank God. Right? Thank, Thank God that you didn't answer my crazy prayer request and you said no. But the Lord said no to Paul. He says, my grace is sufficient. My power works best in your weakness. And Paul has an epiphany. He says, I will boast all the more in my weakness so that power of Christ may be made manifest in me. Here's what Paul was saying. Where I'm weak, he's strong. Where I'm lost, he's the way. And every time he works it out for me, he gets glory and he's going to get glory out of my life. But there's another part, friends. He says, glory in the church and glory in Christ Jesus. Friends, the finished work of Jesus Christ is God's masterpiece. And all the glory, all the honor is given to him. Can can I talk about Jesus for a minute, friends? Because while we were yet sinners, he was thinking about us. See, the promise of Jesus was that before the earth was formed, the lamb was slain. This Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. And when he saw our sins, he chose a cross and he died for us. And he was put in a borrowed tomb. And all day Saturday, he was in that tomb. But early on a Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. And because he got up, we can have victory. Because he got up, there is grace and there's assurance. And you can believe again today because nothing is impossible. Because he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And all the glory goes to him. Oh, the scripture in Romans says everything is made by him. Exists by his power. Intended for his glory. All glory to God forever and ever. It it is made by him. It exists by his power. 
intended for his glory. All glory to God forever. Here's what I want to challenge you to do, friends. Keep on praying with tears in your heart. Keep on praying with pain in your chest. Don't get weary in well-doing because you will reap if you faint not. (laughs) No discipline feels pleasant at the time but painful. But afterward, it will produce a harvest of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. And I'm looking at a group of believers. I'm looking at some campuses and I'm believing that big prayers are going to be prayed. I'm believing for sons and daughters to come home. I'm believing for expansion and open doors and opportunity. I'm praying for bodies to be healed, for people to be changed, for souls to come to the kingdom. Pray big prayers because prayer works and God is not through with you yet. I don't know what you stand in need of, but I know God knows. And he wants you to bring that to him. He wants you to surrender that to him so that he can make the difference in your world, in your life. In a moment, we're going to pray. And the greatest prayer that you can pray today is the prayer of salvation. I'm not going to pretend in a room like this, those watching online, in the room at all of those campuses, that there isn't one person that needs to pray the most important prayer. And that, that's the prayer to receive what Jesus has done. And here's, here's the difference between Christianity and every other religion. Every other religion is about what you need to do in order to get yourself right, in order to get enlightenment, in order to all the other things uh, of world religions. Here's the big difference. Christianity is all about what Jesus has done for you. You can't make it on your own. You get to receive the finished work of Jesus Christ. And today is your day. Today is the day that you receive hope and life. There's others of you. You're in the room right now, and you need God to move on your behalf. I'm believing that God is going to prompt your heart to prayer, and you're going to see God move like you've never seen him before. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you. We bless you. That you are a faithful God. And God, right now, we, we don't stand on our own authority. We stand on your word. God, you said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and your word has gone forth. And Lord, you have declared in the book of Isaiah that your word will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish that which you have set it out to do. And right now, God, I pray that you would raise our faith, God, and that as we pray prayers, big prayers, God, that you would begin to move on our behalf, that you would do signs and wonders in our midst, that we would receive everything that you have for us, God. Help us to go to you first, God, and not last. Help us, God, to be reminded that you have all authority and you have all power, God. Continue to transform us, but God, get the glory out of our lives. Get the glory out of our story, God. Use us to make a difference in the lives of others. God, I pray right now for the person that needs to say yes to you. And God, I pray today will be their day. And if that's you in this room, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, save me. Change me. Make me into the person that you want me to be. Forgive me of my sins. I receive your salvation today. And Father, I pray a blessing over your people that you would do your finished work, that you would perform your word over their lives. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And every heart say, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.